0: Yo, so check us out, Chuck, the public enemy.
1: Yo, what's up? This is DJ Yellow from the world's most dangerous roof. What's up? This is DOC, the Dicky motherfucking guy. Yo, 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 what's up? This is your boy, z man What up, yo? This is E-Shot. This is Jerry Heller, motherfucker. This is your
2: boy, DJ Paul KOL from 36 Block. Young Busy ball. Vice World. This your man, Mastermind, Mine Hell raise Up. Yo, this is DJ Ready Red. What up, what up, what up? This is the real Rick Ross, and you listen to me on the Murder Master Music Show.
0: Underground rap shit coming out of what takes and every day I gotta eat a big of whack mumbling rappers up for breakfast. Really stop cold, so pure, and really be tougher than a whole fucking lot of gram. A lot of these old be faked in
2: the pits, and I see right through them like a motherfucking hologram. And if you want it, I can make a motherfucker back. and you throw me the pistol crib. And I can really get it, Hate the hog tied up, wrap them up like a motherfucking Christmas. Jeez.
1: The music show, this is episode 830 Tonight we got uh, guest is no stranger, he's been on uh, Several times And uh, it's always a, a pleasure to have him on Because he's one of the few Out there that um, I really Enjoy listening to because he speaks The real, matter of fact He speaks the real so much he's even Got people attacking him over His lyrics now Almost like uh uh it's nineteen eighty eight Ice Tea tipper gore type thing, you know, people are are freaking out and um uh, all he's doing is telling the truth, you know what I'm saying? But he's got a new album out, a blessing and a burden. He's got a new book out behind these bars. Um, man, let me just bring him on right now, the one and only K Reno. K Reno, you there, brother? What's going on? How you feeling, family? Yeah, I'm doing good, K, am doing real good. Uh Man, you staying busy as always. Um, now that COVID's kind of well, it's getting ready to uh, fire back up again. But for a minute there, it was um, it was slowing down. Were you able to get out and do a little bit more, you know, meet and greets and shows and things of that nature for a while?
3: Well, first, man, thank you again for having me on the show. It's always you, an honor and a privilege to be on your platform, brother. So I appreciate thank everything you do. But yeah, to answer your question. Um, you know, I've I really just started to get back out there. I'm just I'm just starting to get back out there. Um, um I hadn't done a show since March of two thousand twenty before a show that I did uh this month in San Antonio. And I did wow. another show in Houston um last week. So I hadn't done but two shows in the last almost year and a half. So um but I've also been i I've, I've been able to work you know at home and you know nothing can stop you from putting together an album or or like i said writing two books like i've done so um you keep it moving because we are living in times where we got to be careful and be wise in our movements these days
1: yeah 110 percent, man uh we're seeing um this stuff kind of creep back in again um uh, people are not um I mean I understand if you don't want to get a vaccine a lot of people don't want to put something strange in their body uh but at the same token wear a mask at least do what you can to prevent this shit from continuing we, you know we've been dealing with it for uh you know what what 18 months now a little bit more um it's kind of crazy yeah you know? you know the country's divided
3: because of the yeah. whole COVID situation And that's part of what the, the main issue is It's because like everything you just said Is right on point But you have people who Make mockery and ridicule people Who walk around with a mask on You <laughs> see yeah. and You have that, you have that uh, population that's like Man, y'all look stupid wearing these masks They have the theory that um, The masks are not effective Or just whatever the case might be, but and then they, they they would even argue science. They'll argue science pros and cons on both sides to just to defend their point. Um, and the vaccine is the same way. You know, I'm, you know, I'm I'm totally against taking that vaccine. It's not going to ever happen with me. But um, there are people who are on the other side of it. They're like, man, I'm taking the vaccine because they feel like it's in their best interest to do. End of the day, bro. You're right. This, this, that. I think back to the speech Minister Farrakhan gave July 4th, 2020, over a year ago, and it was called the Criterion. And anybody who hasn't listened to it, doesn't haven't heard it, should go back and listen. To it because because everything he said a year ago is coming to pass right now. He spoke about America never getting control over this virus, and that it's going to mutate. Transform and remix itself, and, and this was long before this new Delta variant was even heard of or thought of. And we saw we're seeing these things, so yeah, it's not going to ever be something where we go back to what we call being normal. So we just have to get to the point where we're wise in our movements and not get so caught up in. People get caught up in that stuff And more people are getting sick And more people are dying Instead of saying yeah. well, you know what well, The wise thing to do would be To be safe and sorry If I have no knowledge at all
1: was Telling me that Minister Farrakhan was telling people to uh, mask up wherever you go. That's right. That's be right. Be safe. That's right. Um, and the vaccine, you got to weigh your options. You know, if you, someone like myself, I have an uh, underlying illness. Um, I, had, I had to think of to myself, do I want to get COVID? Or do I want to um, be magnetized and turn into some type of uh, a <laughs> green monster in it's six months from now? Well, I chose the magnetization and the green monster, you know, but because uh, I know if I get this, if I do get COVID, I'm dead. You know, so you got to really weigh your options. But then again, I don't know what's in this shot, what's going to happen 10 years right. down the line. You know, class action lawsuits, who knows?
4: You right. know, um
1: but yeah, it's it's some unpredictable, crazy times. That's why I like your music because you've been telling us about this for years. Uh, you can go back to uh, you know songs like "Let It Burn" and and different things, and um, you know you speak about you know situations that um, humanity is going through. You know, um, is there anything that you're seeing or that you're hearing from Mister Farrakhan or from? Uh, anybody else that uh leads you to believe that there there's there's hope for us, things getting any better? it's well, yeah. Grim um, right now, you know? The the hope the hope comes well, well to to address
3: the grim part first. See the, the, the feeling of it being grim is based on people who look and see the uh, the overall ignorance that we that we're yes. displaying on a mass scale. And when I say ignorance, I'm not saying it in a way to demean people. I'm saying just the fact that part of it is not knowing, and being confused about it. The other part is just being blatantly negligent, just being just ignorant in that vein. So that's what makes it look grim because we're like, man, this thing is, we're seeing so many examples of how, uh, the nation and the world is unraveling right before our eyes. We're seeing all these corrupt political figures, all of this um, madness that gets pushed on TV and the radio and social media. We're seeing all this stuff, and we're not moving fast enough in terms of taking it seriously and, and, and connecting how it relates to uh, the scriptures and the time that we live in. So, in that regard, those who have knowledge of that would say, man, it's looking pretty grim. But the one thing about the way that the Most High works is that he always gives the people an out. <laughs> you know, there's always an out clause when it comes to God throughout history. You know, any any time a nation was was on the verge of being destroyed or being wiped out, the first thing he would do, he'd send a prophet, he'd send a man the messenger, a warner that would come along and, and he would put his message in that person, and they would warn the people, hey like, man, you know, this is what we're doing, this is what's getting ready to go down, you know. And there would be people who would re- reject the message, usually that's the majority, and there would be a small minority of people who would accept the message and escape the judgment. This is where we are now, and so there is a hope. But the hope is based on our level of obedience to the message. And in this particular case, that's why I referenced uh, Mr. Farrakhan's speech from last year, because it's like that was part of that warning leading us up to a year from that day, which we are now, but also moving us further into the unknown of the future, because this thing is far from over, and we have been lulled back to sleep, and uh, we're right back to normal in terms of
1: our activities But it's an yeah. illusion, man It's an illusion Absolutely Yeah, 100% Yeah, man, uh, you know, Mr. Farrakhan uh, uh, Very, very intelligent, man uh, A lot of people uh, seek wisdom from him um, Especially when they don't understand what's going on I think more people need to listen to him Because you got a lot of Bocephuses running around uh, just, just spreading lies. Like I was saying earlier, um, <clears throat> being magnetized. I had people after I told them I got the shot. Like, can you, can you uh, stick a spoon to your neck? And uh, it... no, <laughs> you fucking idiot. I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I hope not. <laughs> you know, right. but it's just, it's just crazy the the, the misinformation. Now, when you speak truth, um, sometimes you, you gotta. Uh, you know, uh, you got people that come after you You've recently gone through that The Daily Mail uh, did a uh, crazy uh, story titled Spotify Slammed for hosting anti-Semitic songs Attacking pedophile Jews And calling for a second Holocaust um, And they reference a bunch of groups in, the, in this article uh, Including yourself They uh, speak about the song Secret War Which we played on the show off the uh Dope album, Mind Vision. Um, what, what what were your thoughts when you saw that? And um, did they reach out to you to try to get your side of the story rather than just slandering your name?
3: Well, yeah, the second part, I'll answer first. No, they didn't reach out to me. They actually, I actually read in one of the articles where they claimed to have reached out to me. And I just laughed because I was like, nah, nobody reached out to me. But I guess they had to put that in the article to make it seem, to, I guess, to justify uh, their actions and their words, you know, or, or at least to make it seem like I didn't respond, uh, you know, or something along those lines. I would have loved for them to reach out to me, and we could have publicly put this thing, you know, on blast. But um, my first, my initial thoughts was, uh, Number one was what took y'all so long. (laughs) That was the first thing that came across my mind because, you know, I've been making music like that for years. Um, And, um, again, based on the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad with Mr. Farrakhan, what I learned from listening to to them. And so I speak that in my music. So I was really shocked that it took this long. But, you know, it just meant that somebody somewhere down the line um, took offense to the song. And they they either reported it or they they put that information out, you know, because because it it all happened around the same time where um, uh, brother Riza Islam had just got kicked off all the social media platforms. Uh, I think my brother from Houston, Jesse Muhammad, but Abdul Kiami Muhammad, just got kicked off the social media platform. They were they were harassing. They had been harassing. I don't say harassing. They had been uh, attacking brother Ben X, who had lost his YouTube channel a couple of times. So it was all in that same little time frame, you know, all in that same little time frame when all this happened. So I took it as an honor if I was getting uh, accosted and and slammed at the same time. Those great brothers who live on the front line, I I felt it like an honor. What took y'all
1: so long? Yeah. Yeah, because, well, I mean, it really, again, uh, I think you uh, uh, addressed it on the song in the new album, um, I, uh, Blessing and Burden, I Apologize. Right,
0: um, right.
1: You know, uh, it's crazy, though, how they, they claim that they reached out to you, but clearly they didn't. <laughs> clearly they um, didn't. If you had the opportunity, uh, like if they if they were to actually do their job and do reach out to you, would you give them an interview now? Absolutely, Give it but
3: without yeah. a doubt. Because here's the thing: see, only those who um, fear that truth, and only those who have something to uh, try to deceive the people with, those are the those are going to be the people who try to avoid the conversation, who try to avoid yeah. the dialogue. You know, I don't have any. Pro- see, if I'm if I'm crazy enough to say this stuff. To write this stuff out and then say it on a record and then release that record to the whole world, then it's no way that I wouldn't be able to stand and um, defend it, you know, defend what I believe to be the truth. Um, the the um, the people who support that publication, the people who back those uh, publications, the, the members of the Jewish community who have been guilty of the very things. That, um I'm talking about on that song, they are the very ones who which would would try to prevent that word getting exposed because it exposes them, so that's why they lied and said they tried to contact me They didn't try nobody contacted me, nobody had any um reaching out to me to um uh, to discuss that because I wouldn't have had a problem discussing it with them and again i'm I Farrakhan's name comes up again because. They've been accusing him of being anti-Semitic, uh, hating Jews, and all these different things that they've accused him of over the years. And he has, on multiple occasions, asked them to have a public dialogue. Key word being public. He's asked them over yeah. and over again, well, okay, well, if y'all have an issue with everything I'm saying, if, you, if you're if you saying what I'm saying is, is hate speech, you're saying what I'm saying is a lie, or however you want to label it out, Let's sit down. Let's come to the table, your scholars and our scholars. Let's sit at the table and have a public discussion and let the people decide. They didn't take him up on that offer. They didn't take him up on that offer at all. Because why? Not because they was busy, not because they they, they didn't have any cameras that day. It's, It's because they know that in a setting like that, they would be exposed in front of the whole world. It would be un- they would be able to defeat that truth. So they they really slick, bro. They really slick in how they how they move and how they operate, and they they possess so much power. But the power that yeah. they possess is, o- is only possessed over the individuals who um, who give them that power, who have that fear yeah. of them, who who, who are. Who are tied into them in some kind of way where they have something to lose
1: if they don't bow down to them, oh yeah, 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 I mean, you know, Kay, if I gave a fuck my uh my platform would have hundred and fifty thousand subscribers <laughs> right right you know right, um, right. but I wanna quote one of the things they said, and i'm gonna i'm gonna combat it with something. Um they quoted the, the line where you said, uh, they don't live by the Torah, they live by these rules, sex trafficking, raping babies younger than preschool. Now I can testify to that because I interviewed a rabbi on uh one of my other shows, The Church of Reality, and I got some him to admit that he performed the oral suction ritual. And so where they circumcise the baby and to stop the bleeding, the rabbi puts his mouth on the baby's penis. Now this is I'm not making this up. This is
3: No, 100% I, I, I think um, I think I heard I think I heard that interview you did and you was you was pressing him. You was you was yeah, you was I on was, his head I was going
1: at him because it's yeah. like you, he was trying to say, well, nowadays we use a glass tube and this, this, and that. But I finally got him to admit he did it without one at one point in time. Yeah. And um, it's just disgusting. You don't do that to a baby. Uh, I mean, it's to me, that would be not only uh, uh, child rape, but also baby mutilation. Right. You know, um, it's just, it's just uh, yeah, th- that's one thing I would bring up to him. But we'll, we'll explain that then It's a, thousand, a three or 4,000 year old ritual That uh, right. not all Jews Some Jews uh, in the Orthodox community do You know right. um, And I want to make this clear too I'm not talking about the whole Jewish community I'm just talking about the ones that do sick stuff You know um, And I and think see, it was unfair that they that's, put you in that the, article That's the thing about it
3: That's the thing about it those words and those uh accusations they have always been directed only at the Jews who do that. <laughs> see yeah. it's like yeah. uh the minister got the minister came under some fire from the Jewish community a few years back when he talked about he made a statement where he referenced the satanic Jews, see, and what they did in the typical fashion they took his words and made them out for people to believe that he was referring to the entire Jewish community as being satanic. When he strictly specified, he said, not the good Jew. He said the satanic Jew. So he made a distinction in that same speech, but that part wasn't included. So this is what happens, you know, when when you start to speak about Okay, this is what blah, blah, blah did, this, 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 and that. And even if you may have said it in a way where it's okay, well, you know, you said the Jews did this. Okay, it's not a problem for me to clean up and say, no, well, no, 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 no. I was not referring to the whole of the Jewish community. I was speaking about a sector of the community who, acts, who absolutely do this kind of stuff. You see what yeah. I'm saying? But in And to, to, to hide that element and that aspect of that, that, that behavior and still present themselves as being the moral authority on the whole planet, then they want to silence anybody who would speak out. So your platform, you know, like you said, if you played the game, your platform would be huge. If I played the game, you'd see me on uh, MTV and all these different other, the Grammy yep. Awards and all this different stuff if I played the game. So, but they understand that, okay, well, you know what, it's only a handful of those types of people out there, and we can suppress them. We can keep them from seeing the light of day. It's those big ones who we already have control over. We got to make sure that they don't buck and start to to reveal that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I I just thought it was horrible. They put you in there. Um, There was a couple, like, uh, groups there It looked like they were uh, skinheads or neo-Nazis And I'm thinking, man, you just don't know this man's music And his his message, you know, you got it all wrong And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll reach out to you And do their job Um, Before we go on to uh, one of the songs off Blessing uh, uh, Blessing and a Burden I want to, this is something I definitely want to ask you It's one of the few questions I don't think I ever asked you your name uh, stands for uh, Killing Rappers in Numerical Order. How did you come up with that, man? Break that whole thing down for me, brother.
3: Well, that's one of my early, early acronyms to my name. It was uh, Back in the days, it was Keeping Rhymes in Numerical Order. That's when I was a young guy. Over time, I changed it. I upgraded it to Killer Rhymes Intellectually Nullifying Opponents. You know, just stemming from back in my battle rap days. You know, so the first one was
1: was the early one. Then I graduated up to to the one I have right now. Oh, so originally it was it was killing rappers in numerical order.
0: Yeah, it was keeping it was, key, it was
1: keeping rhymes it was keeping rhymes in numerical order.
4: <laughs> you oh, know, something real simple
3: in back in the day. I was I was in high school, you know. But then later on in my later years. I I, I just stepped it up a little You know, it's killer rhymes, intellectually nullifying opponents. I think that just, you know, describes me the best, you know. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely, man, absolutely. Let's give them uh, one of these uh, songs. I got two of them. The one um, I I really been, uh, it's one of the ones you just got to play over and over again, Uh, Ain't Family, man. Tell me about this one. Man, that's just a song
3: that everybody can relate to um just the disappointment as you get older when the, when the, when your your eyes become open that everybody that's 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 your kinfolk ain't really for you you know and it's it's a tough situation to face because if you have been the loyal family member then it's tough on you to to understand um how another family member is not loyal the same way you are so that's what that song is about
1: Definitely, definitely. We'll be right back, uh, with K Reno, don't go nowhere.
2: Together, see whatever, now it's seeming like you can't stand me. All blood ain't family. Use deception as a weapon, fought with me while I fought with what this world hands me. All blood ain't family. Heart joking, cause I never thought that this would be where loyalty would ever land me. All blood ain't family. While we fight against the people that we need the most, I'm trying to get some understanding. It's like people got the game confused, thinking because somebody share your last name, they cool. Sooner or later later they gonna show you what they all about they'll do you dirty then get mad because you called them out it's crazy because you thought you never live to see day. the ones who usually get you got similar dna similar looks and same features but with different souls because when you needed them they burned you like a kitchen stove you know the ones who used to some madness on display, and even in the younger days, they show some funny ways. Over the years, you looked out for them, tried to lead them straight. But just because we're related, don't mean that we relate. To stand up, you gotta be woman or man enough. Jealousy and money always managed to split families up. From any remaining love, Ben, came to an end. Looking back on it, you get more love from strangers and friends. Yeah, tell them again. Born and raised up together, feel whatever, now it's seeming like you can't stand me. All blood ain't family. Use exception as a weapon, fought with me while I fought with what this world hands me. All blood ain't family. broken cause I never thought that this would be where loyalty would ever land me. All blood ain't family. While we fight against the people that we need the most, I'm trying to get some understanding. I'm trying to get some understanding. The ones that're supposed to love you most can be the worst to you. Some of y'all been hurt bad by the person who gave birth to you. Growing up resenting your own parents that ain't regular. Spend your life wondering why they never accepted you. Somehow you can never please them. Nothing that you had was decent. Always treated you
0: like less than never had a valid reason. Never there when you would need them. Deep inside you knew the game. Without your way to help them when you knew they wouldn't do the same. Watching how they switch and change up on you is hell to witness.
2: Like a spell of sickness. They're sick and love to tell your business everybody ain't worthy of knowing what you've been through some of them would turn other family members against you mistakes you made in life they dwell on it till you feel ruined judging you for doing the same things they did or still doing
4: even ones that used to be close with you done got and guess they right it's
2: true that you can love someone and not like them Born and raised up together, feel whatever, now it's seeming like you can't stand me. All blood ain't family. Use deception as a weapon, fought with me while I fought with what this world hands me. All blood ain't family. heart broken, cause I never thought that this would be where loyalty would ever land me. All blood ain't family. While we fight against the people that we need the most, I'm Trying to get some understanding. You got hate for your brother. Some of y'all ain't straight with your mother. One side of the family don't associate with the other. The sling in the mud from the same people you loving. That he and his cousin that tried to sleep with your husband. The scamming uncle who helped out that time he was struggling. Took the money that you loaned him and went out on the drug binge Everybody shouldn't be a parent and they're doubt. Cause for the right amount, they'll even pimp their own children out. Lifelong drama, but you never discuss it. Innocent children. Being touched by relatives that they trusted. Some of them shun you from the day you lead a wound to your big. Said you'd never make it, but started begging soon as you did. And be your own relatives that caused you to go under. Let them live with you when they were stuck and then they stole from you. Always been setting traps just for you to fall in. Expecting to get a hooked up from you, cause y'all can. Never ever gave a dime to you. Always took a selfish route. Blow they bread and make you feel guilty. Outtrip you with that lame game, you better not ever
1: let Known em all your life, but everyday wishing you never met Man, that one definitely has to be on repeat right there Uh Yeah, real as always, real stuff, man There's always truth in the music um, man, you're a two-time author now. You got another book out. Um, yeah, I I must have uh, uh, missed this one, man. Tell me about this new book.
3: Yeah, the second book is called uh, Behind These Bars, and really, um, if I, I I would I would have assumed that that would have been my first book because back when people used to always ask me when I would write a book, I never knew what to write about. And people would throw the suggestion and say, well, man, why don't you just make a book where you just break down some of your lyrics and explain some of your songs like that and what they meant wow. and how'd you come up with it? So that's what it was. That's why it's called Behind These Bars. And um, I did that one uh, a few months back. And it, and it came out really good because I, I kind of like polled a few of my fans and asked like, which songs do y'all want to hear me talk about? and I took some of their suggestions mixed in with my own personal one that I wanted to use and just wrote a whole book about it. Now, when I wrote the book, it was, it was mainly, I was thinking in the beginning, like, well, you know what, this is just something that my fans alone would just get something out of, you know, because if you're not familiar with me and my music, this might not really strike you like that. But then I started to think about it. I was like, well, you know, if you are a writer, if you're a rapper, especially, but if you write in any form, whether it be um, books, poems, short stories, rap songs, whatever it is, this book can literally be like a teaching tool if you just absorb the principles of writing that I put into it. You know, just the thought processes and the principles and the discipline in in the the um, the, the, the construction of the the phrases and the words and the, the multisyllable. Nine. All that type of stuff could actually teach people how to write if they if they if they took it in like that. So I was glad to write yeah. that. I'm more I'm more proud of that one than the first one, you know, because the first one was just basically just about my life up until this point.
1: Yeah, yeah. The first one uh, detailed. Uh, I mean, the first one was a, a real good read. I can't wait to uh, check out this new one. But uh, what were some of the songs that? Um the fans requested you know you to put in there, and what were some of the ones that you had to put in there because uh, they were your favorites?
3: Well, you know the main ones
1: they're gonna always
3: say everybody gonna say Grand Deception. They definitely always wanna you know try to get the the, the backstory on that. Um, certain songs like uh, 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 not Ultimate Flow. A lot of my lyrical songs I can't pinpoint nothing off the top of my head, but a lot of my lyrical songs and certain stories on, like the sorcerer saga and all that they they want to get into the the details of that but the the main thing i covered in the book would be the lyrical stuff just the, just the deep lyricism because that's kind of like my foundation my bread and butter and um it that's that was the uh the, the category that gave me the opportunity to really really get detailed in explaining how i came up with certain
1: stuff, oh yeah, very, very dope man uh, it's good to see um you know what I'm saying that you're doing you know books, not just one, but now you got two is there plans for a third one no, not not immediately, but
3: um it, something would really have to hit me in terms of an idea that I just had to just move on, but right now, uh, I haven't even thought about um uh, a possible uh concept. For a third book Because um, one thing about the, the book game That's what kept me From writing a book in the first place I was like man I don't know what to write about So when the thought finally yeah. came Just write about your life cool. Then then I, then I flashed back and said Well the fans want to know how I came up with these songs After that it's been dry <laughs> So I wouldn't really know I don't have nothing immediate That's not to say something wouldn't come along one day But right
1: now There's no third book in the works and some of your songs could be books you know um i mean you you could literally do uh you know uh, a song about uh, what's the name of that one where you you were in the womb with the uh you, you were fighting with your twin uh, <laughs> yeah i can't tip my tongue yeah
3: i can't remember the name but i know exactly what you're talking about it might have been um uh uh escape escape to the, to the unknown. unknown.
1: Yeah, that's yes. yeah, Yes That's like yeah. a, a, a freaking episode of Twilight Zone <laughs> something, you Right, I mean? right, right No
0: doubt really really written. Written,
1: you know? but yeah, I'm heavily Twilight You like short stories involved. like that You know yeah. Something different yeah. like, I mean just Because uh, um, I mean you come up with the, where, where do you get these ideas Do you got a love for uh, You know um, Like uh, thrillers and science fiction And different things as well
3: yeah, absolutely, man. Sci fi, definitely. I'm definitely a big sci fi yeah. fan, Twilight Zone fan. And um, there have been uh, a couple of concepts that I based off of certain episodes of Twilight Zone that I really like. Yeah. But, uh, but for the most part, stuff just comes to me, man. You know, I just, uh, I'll either sit up and try to uh, actively create a concept or I'll see something that just makes me go, man, you know, that'd be something deep. Kind of explore, you know, and, and, and the best way to make people really see and understand where you're going with a topic, in a lot of cases, is to put it in story form. You know, I could I could lay some stuff out and kind of just lay it out generally, like I do, maybe like on a grand deception type song. But you know, when you're telling a story, and people can follow along with that story and kind of immerse themselves into the story. It, it, it has a, bi- a bigger impact.
1: Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Okay, um, it's always an honor. Before we get out of here, brother, uh, uh, I know the homie Sin's got a couple questions for you, make you dig in the uh, in the vault a little bit. Uh, yeah. you there,
4: brother. Yes, yes, sir. Hi, Scott. Hi, Brother Kevin O. What's up, Stan? Again. How you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, um, fine. Can you tell us about your uh, your first group, uh, The Real Shield, back in in 1985 with uh, Preppy J and GT? And uh, what's happened to them also?
3: Yeah, man. That was like the first, uh, I would say the first group I was in, but they were the first official group I was in. You know, when we just said, okay, we are a group. And we're going to actually give this thing a try to see if we could make it to the next level. Um, And they were, you know, just my buddies, man, that we went to school together. We were friends, you know, as well as rap partners. And I think that's what helped with our chemistry. We had real good chemistry, man. And um, it just was so early on in in our career. And even at that time, you talk about being early on just in in hip-hop period. You know, you're talking 1985, you know, hip hop wasn't even barely 10, 11 years old on a whole, but from an industry point of view, with people putting out records, hip hop wasn't even 10 years old on that level. So, you know, we just was kind of feeling around in the dark, just trying to learn, and um, we put some stuff, we put the record out, they were part of the first record I ever put out, and we did that together, Um, started on an album. But we never finished it. We I still got I still got the masters of those unfinished songs, probably maybe four or five or six unfinished songs that I still have, you know, that wow. nobody has ever heard. Yeah, and then you know, and then they doing good now, they working, just doing their thing, man, fam, taking care of family and all that.
1: What what are you going hold on before you jump in, Sin. what are you gonna do with those songs, man? Um, are you ever gonna uh, uh release them in some kind of way?
3: Million dollar question, man. Um, I don't. I don't know, man. I really don't know. It's uh, what. What the, the very place that we recorded those songs that is a studio in Houston uh, that's been here forever called Sugar Hill, and um, that's where we recorded those songs. And I hadn't been there in probably 20 years up until maybe 10 years ago, and. When I went in there, it was like going in a time machine because everything looked the same outside of them just upgrading their equipment to the modern stuff by having computers and all that. But all of the rest of the stuff, man, was still the same, man. Even the couches and stuff that we, that was in there back in the 80s and when we were in there, that stuff is still in there. And so wow. I, when I went in there, I, I mentioned to the guy, I was like, man, this is the first studio, this is where I recorded my first record at, in the studio. And uh, I saw The Real The Real Machine. You know, if anybody know about the old school way of recording, you know, you, you record it on, on, on tape, on The reel. And um, I said, man, y'all still got The Real Machines in it. And he was like, yeah, man, yeah. I said, man, I, got some, I, I still got all my old Reels at home. And he was like, man, if you ever want to Come in and and um and play that stuff or complete that stuff and mix it down. We still got the real machine. We can just come hook that stuff right up and actually mix it down. So I had a master set stuff, man, well preserved. So maybe one day, maybe one day I, I might just decide oh, to go in. And, uh, yeah, because you know, that's what from '85. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, yeah, we we put out maybe 86. We put out the real cheer record in 87, so we probably was recording it in, in 86. We were still in high school, man. We was 15, 16 years old, still sounding like, we probably sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks, you know, back then. You know, our voices <laughs> were so young. But, um, yeah, that stuff that stuff is still, you know, I got that stuff right now. And, you know, I, one day I might just go in and just just mix that stuff down one day. Oh man. Yeah, you, I'm gonna have to apply the pressure mind. on you and put a clip of that out there. <laughs> the fans will be demanding. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> look, 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 now, I'm gonna tell you this. Now I will say this. I will say this. It's a it's a legendary OG DJ here in Houston named dal Scott. You know. And he was he came before yeah, school. Yeah. yeah, he was before school. He was <laughs> putting the mixtapes in the street man and <laughs> had the whole streets just on fire back in those days. And um he, I talked to him about A month ago And he mentioned to me He said man I still got some of those Those real chill songs You know because at that time um, They they wouldn't mix down But we would make like rough draft copies And put them on cassette just to listen to When we leave the studio And I gave him copies of it uh, A long time ago So he, he actually probably is the only person That has Copies of those songs, like on a cassette or something. You know what I'm saying? Just stuff we gave him a long time ago.
4: Wow. Yeah, yeah. Darryl Scott was before Screw. Uh, Screw was uh, looking at him for for his taste, for sure. He's very underrated, Darryl Scott. Yeah,
3: yeah he's underrated and, um, because he's humble. He don't he don't seek the attention. Yeah, yeah. You know, we have to force him. Right. Be acknowledged, you know. (laughs) If you listen to the song I did on my new album, I got a song called Houston Is. And if you listen Mm -hmm. to that song, the second line of that song, I said Houston Is Third Ward to the SWAT, fourteen and a half mixtape by Daryl Scott, and that's what I was talking about. And when I say 14 and a half, he used to name his mixtapes. Like, he'll have one called got Scott 12, and he'll come out Dale Scott 12 and a half, 13, 14 and a half. So, if you listen to that song, I gave him a shout out in like the second or third line.
4: Uh, yeah, it's a dedication. Uh, you dropped a Rockin' It in uh, 86, which was uh, produced by. Novel Holmes, of the funk soul groups, live on. Can you tell us about this one? Also by, uh, with the producer Novel Holmes.
3: Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. We recorded it in '86 and put it out around in '87. Novel Holmes got introduced to us because when we first came into the game, we didn't know anything about producing. We didn't even know anything about recording, promoting, marketing, none of that stuff. My dad just had money, so. He would go out and find people who had knowledge of those things, and he would hire them to go to work. So somebody um, put us in contact with Norvell and um, and he was like, just you know, the most amazing dude we ever met because he could play these instruments, he could play keyboards, he could do all this different thing, you know, program drums on a drum machine and all that. And he just was, was super, super talented, man, along with um, another brother uh, that they called Chopper who played keyboards. You know, they called him Chopper because of how cold he was chopping them keys. And so those were the two people who really put the instrumentation down on rocking it Put and the other songs that I just mentioned that, that never came out.
4: And, and, and see,
3: in and those songs that never came out, They had a whole lot more um, Musicianship Involved in it You know uh, Keyboards And pianos And guitars And all that different stuff Because these guys Were real musicians At a time where We were just trying to do Some hip hop stuff We wanted some 808 And all that You know And uh But Norvell was He was really talented man Really really talented You know Knew what he was doing man And um we always like to be around him. He passed he away
0: like some your,
4: years the, back, though. Oh, uh, the rest uh, of he, he was
0: yeah.
4: like your Kalu, your, your Kalu, like Master P had in '88. <laughs> <laughs> Just two years before.
3: <laughs> Say it again. Oh,
4: uh, uh, we can compare to Kalu. Kalu with a relationship with a uh, Master P in '88. 1988
3: and you which was novel Holmes at first oh okay 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 I got you I got you yeah 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 <laughs> novel he, he was connected man he was connected and I think what happens is a lot of times you know some of these uh, artists and producers who people never really knew like that you know they still mm-hmm. had had established roots and foundations and trees grew from those people, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> that that we we found, we found may have found out later that uh, this person was this person, or this person worked with those folks in some kind of way that they, they, they'll be connected to somebody, you know, that the world doesn't know.
4: Yeah. Um, c- can you tell us about uh, the very deep song, Two Roads, A classic song from your album Dungeon Zone, yeah. back in the day?
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Two Roads was, um, that was on the Danger Zone album, right? And um, it was a sample that I used, (laughs) and there's a funny story behind that, but uh, uh, Two Roads was was an idea that came really from my dad. You know, we was talking one day, and um, the old saying always has been, you know, it's only two roads you can go, and you're in these streets, you're going to die, you're going to go to jail, it's one out of the two. So I wanted to make a song to kind of reflect that, But um, there's a line in the song where I mentioned my pops, because he he would always say, he said, man, you know what? The two most important people in the world are old folks and children. He said because, you know, children are going to just be, they're so innocent. You know what I'm saying? You can teach them things and they're open and susceptible to, to just honest teaching. And the older generation, they're the ones that teach you. So I put that in the, in, the, in in that same song, you know that two roads song. But uh, I ended up uh, getting in the situation with that song because of that sample. I didn't clear that sample, and the guy who originally did it, Michael Henderson, had reached out and was like, you know, trying to see if it was some money that for him. But it wasn't no money that for him. But <laughs> but yeah, but that 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 song, song is a song that people still mention a lot, you know, to this day, just because not necessarily because it was some great song, but just the principle of it. Yeah.
4: Yeah, right, right. And um, do you brother the the first uh, Houston rapper before you, or maybe it was you, and uh, also your first concert you did?
3: Yeah, well, it 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 was a few rappers that came before me. It was a few of them, man. You know, like I say, I always start with Wicked Cricket. You know, I always start with MC Wicked Cricket because he was the first guy that I ever saw in the city that was like a celebrity out here. Okay. And everybody knew who he was, everywhere he went. Didn't matter if he was on the north side or the south side, wherever he was, they had love for him. And, you know, he could plug the mic up and, and just just rock the spot wherever he was. But, you know, there were other ones, you know, like um, uh, uh, the, uh, uh, Jazzy Red... um OG style, you know, y'all know him as OG style, but he used to call himself Prince Easy E before NWA came out. And he changed the name, and um, uh, Willie D, uh, Klondike Cat. These are guys who who were doing it, you know, a little bit before I was doing it, and um, you know, I, I came along not not long after, but I always just try to pay homage to the people who was on the scene. Before me, and a lot of guys that were on the scene that never put records out. They were just rapping yeah. doing their thing, but they never reached a point, you know, where they put
1: records out. Yeah. Uh,
4: absolutely.
1: And, and, yeah, well, thanks, Ben. Appreciate you, brother. Uh,
4: because there's, the, first, the first concerts maybe you remember. Oh, yeah, 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 My yeah, uh, bad. And maybe um, uh, one so album uh, could be dope said uh, by I'm telling you by digital Premier because from from Houston too, it could right. be it could be dope, carrying on Premier together.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We we've been talking about that for a while. Um, now the second part of that question, what what did you ask me with my first what? Oh, uh, uh, the children. first
4: concerts you.
3: First concert, yeah, you um, <laughs> I wouldn't call them concerts. I would call them more like tanner shows. <laughs> A contest, you know, like you may go to a, a club and they may have a rap contest that night, you know. So you would have to go back to probably, like, say, 85, you know, mm-hmm. right when I first started getting into talent shows and contests. But if you just want to know what my first gig was, I would have to think on that as far as saying, well, this is an actual show. Um, that's a good question. I would say maybe... uh. We did some stuff with Real Chill. We did a couple of gigs with Real Chill at some parks, and outdoor events or whatever. But we didn't really start doing like what I would consider to be serious shows until I got with Dopey and uh, COD in the late 80s, about 88, 89, 90. Then we would start doing concerts,
1: you know, things like that. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. What <laughs>
1: Well, I appreciate you, Sin. Thank you, brother, for your questions, man. Yeah, always going you. deep into the archive, going back into the vaults. Uh, K Reno, I really appreciate you, brother. Um, I want to give you the floor uh, before we get out of here, and then uh, we're going to leave with the song. I apologize. I was talking about it a little bit earlier. If you can uh, kind of outro that song or intro that song as we outro.
3: Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate again being on with y'all, man. It's always a pleasure. I always respect. Um, your platform, you've been doing it for the longest. You're OG in the game. Like I told you, you have have taught me, you know, a lot of things in terms of when I got into that side of it that I'm on now, you know, in terms of how to conduct interviews and things things that you didn't even know that I was learning from you. (laughs) So I appreciate that a lot. But, um, yeah, uh, the new album is out, man. Y'all go get the new album, Um, Support the Underground. It's called A Blessing and a Burden. You can go to all the digital um, avenues and get it from iTunes, Spotify, and all that other stuff. And um, you can get the physical copies from southparkcoalition.net, southparkcoalition.net. You can get the CDs, man. So appreciate the love. Y'all subscribe to my YouTube channel. It's The Real K Reno.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 definitely, man. Uh, I, I just want to touch on that real quick before we get out of here. Um, that I really recommend you guys subscribe to that because uh, uh, you go live and uh, connect with your uh, fans uh, just about every night or every other night, don't you? Well, I try to, I try to do it once a week.
3: Sometimes I, I, I slack up because if, if I'm busy, I'm not able to get on. But I try to at least go on there once a week. Every now and then, I might go two nights in a row, just depending on if I have something to talk about. But I don't I don't try to I don't like to go live a lot just to be going live I like to make sure I got something that's on my mind. But yeah, but I I post a video at least once a day, I try to get something up where you know, do a lot of life lesson stuff where if it's things that people are going through, they can uh find some video that I did that can give them some, some advice
1: on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, you can go over all kinds of topics. You know what I'm saying? So definitely please go subscribe. Make sure you go out there and support Kay Reno. Get the um uh, the album of Blessing and Burden. Get the book behind these bars and uh man support everything he does. Always a pleasure, Kay. This is I apologize. Uh break this one down for us, brother, as we get out of here.
3: Yes, sir, man. Traditionally it's always been the um the the MO of members of the Jewish community to try to uh, build black folks up into celebrities and superstars then tear them down if they don't adhere to their wishes. So anytime time that a black man or woman may say something um, in criticism of the Jewish community and the things that they've done, then based on the power and control that they have over those people and that money, they will make them apologize before the world and bow down. So I made a song. Speaking on those levels about apologizing. But if you never heard the song, I just let you listen to it because it may not be what you think it is. (laughs) Oh, yeah,
1: definitely, definitely. K. Reno, you take care of yourself, brother, and please be safe. We'll uh, talk to you real soon. Man, we're getting out of here, guys. I apologize.
4: Good Please. evening. We are here reporting live, awaiting to hear from Kay Reno, the rapper who has been under fire for his most recent controversial comments. He has called this press conference to issue a public apology for those statements. Earlier reports have stated that... Oh, hold on, guys. Hold on, guys. Here he comes now.
2: Babe, turn the TV up. I love it when these guys put their foots in their mouths, and then they get chopped down on the spies in front of the whole world. How y'all doing today? I made some comments recently. It caused grief to certain people once they reached across social media frequency. They informed me that my statements lacked decency. Now I'm knee deep with elite, powerful people seeking to beef with me. And even though my research was extensive and I knew that I was saying something true, I heard that you found it offensive. You cut checks that got me living fat. My major platform, you had
0: given that. And I guess when I spoke, I didn't consider that. You afforded me the key to let me enter in the doors. But while lamenting my pressure, I was insensitive to yours I was feeling the impact of a tragedy And actually I knew that I was in trouble the first second you contacted me So I apologize i never been involved with hating I made blatant statements referencing the
2: synagogue of Satan I apologize, I guess I made waves When I mentioned everyone who played a role in the transatlantic slave trade I know now there was an iffy move But there was a whole bevy of hidden history that my people hadn't been privy to. Now it's causing me to lose my livelihood. See, I probably could have saved my job if I hadn't spoken, exposed Hollywood. They told me, come and make peace. I got a thousand and eight tweets accusing me of flagrant racist hate speech. They won't tolerate or condone evil. They won't leave you. I even got a strong upheaval from some of my own people. What about the facts that I sent to you? that picture I posted of me and Minister Farrakhan of Finager, you told me to take it down and keep walking the line, if you speak your mind, minus all that black talk you'll be fine, so I reflected, and I realized it too often at times, that you really think your history's more important than mine, but despite that, I'm standing before you, showing remorse, even though you out here claiming a name that was never yours, financially back in war, yeah the list is expensive i just
0: want to understand how my abuse is offensive i'm only trying to be smart and let the knowledge be taught Oh oh, my bad. Let me get back to this apology part. See, when I took the knee or spoke on the injustice I've seen, who knew I'd lose my record deal or I'd get cut from the team? Isn't it safe to say those waves are kind of like in the slaver? If you tell me I'm not able to critique your behavior, this situation's been hectic and it's left me dejected. But this ain't the type of apology you probably expected. Me bowing down to you was only a. Wrong type <laughs> <laughs>